week, I went and saw a pastor friend of mine, and we just started talking before you know it. I'm preaching, and I said, I'm so sorry. I just can't help it. I'm just so stirred up. He said, I, I, I said, I got the fire, and I, ju- I just can't put it out. Man, we got to go with it. I want to tell you, those of us who were here on Wednesday for the Bible study, and you'll see, you know, what I had prepared was not what we uh, ended up in. Isn't that quite right? And um, we prayed. We got, we got really um, fired up, and we prayed stirred up because there was somebody who is a child of the Most High King who happens to be a member of this church who had a bad report from the doctor and I said, no way! And, and we stood, no way! This is, no, no way! This does not happen. It, it, it can't stand. It can't stand. And there were people in this building and there were people outside of this building that made their prayers and supplications before God who would not let the enemy have his way, who would not stand in the face of this intimidation, who would not be afraid, but would go ahead and remember that God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. No one that Jesus loves should be subject to fear. Amen? Sound mind. Father, in Jesus' name, Lord God, help me to preach your word this morning and not be so emotional that it gets in your way. Lord, get me out of your way. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray that the word that you determined to be ministered this morning would be ministered this morning. Nothing more, nothing less. Father, let it impart grace to the hearers that we may walk more boldly because of the word that you've given us today. Father, I pray that you would bring strength to the weak. Father, that you would bring healing to the sick. Father, that you would raise beauty up from the ashes. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you as we go. I want to also welcome the folks who are listening by internet this morning. And this is just as much real and relevant to you today as it is to those of us who are gathered in this room. But I thank you guys who are gathered in this room. What a great, great pleasure it is and what a treat it is to see some of you who I haven't seen for a little while. And then, of course, the back row there, always a treat. I'm so thankful. Hallelujah. Well, I want to just say something to y'all. We, we, over the last couple of months, I don't think that it's any uh, accident where we've been with the Lord. And I just feel she's totally, and I'm just going to just throw some stuff at you. Remember, going, looking back to abiding in the shadow of God, a message that was, I started working on over a year ago, the Lord brought us there. And that was based totally on Psalm 91. I'm going to go there for a moment. Uh, Psalm 91, just listen to me if you will. You don't need to turn there now. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God in Him will I trust. Surely you... you Surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. My my brothers and sisters, perilous pestilence, we're in the middle of that. My brothers and sisters, he will deliver us out of that. He shall cover you with his feathers and under his wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night nor the arrow that flies by day nor the pestilence that walks in darkness nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. thousand may fall by your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Amen? Amen. So now this is either true and real or it's not. I believe that it's true and real because I believe every word in here is true and real. So my brothers and sisters, I want to be 
abiding in the shadow of His wing. I want to be abiding in the shadow of God. Well, then, what was, how, how is that made possible? Remember, during that study, in that message, that is made possible because Jesus reconciled us back to God. The blood of the cross, the sacrifice that He made, put us back into reconciliation with God, and then thereby following after His truth, following after the, the, the trail that He blazed, we stay and thereby stay in the shadow of, of the Father. Amen? And so then the, the, the issue then became the, the, the next series of messages was following Jesus. Remember that? Following Jesus. So in following Jesus, in one of the messages we were in Thessalonians, I'm going to read it to you. You'll have part of it, but just listen please if you will. First Thessalonians 1, beginning in verse 2. We give thanks to God always for you, making mention of you all in our prayers, remembering without ceasing your faith, labor, love, and patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ in the sight of God and Father, knowing, beloved brethren, your election by God. Watch this now in verse 5. For our gospel did not come to you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit in much assurance, as you know that what kind of men we were among you for your sake. And you became followers. You became followers of us and the Lord. And remember that word, followers, I said to you when we preached it, when we ministered it, that word comes from the Greek word which means mimic or imitate. And I said, man, that could be a bad thing. If we're just going through the motions, we're just imitating, we're just putting on our Sunday suit and our Wednesday suit. But then the rest of the time when we're not around our Sunday people and we're not around our Wednesday people, we like act like everybody else. My brothers and sisters, no, that's not what that means because look what it followed up with. And you became followers, imitators of us and of the Lord, having received the Word in much affliction with joy of the Holy Spirit. They were persecuted. They were persecuted. And through the persecution, they looked like Paul. Paul suffered great persecution, but through it all, he maintained his walk and he maintained his belief. He stood firm on Jesus Christ and never buckled and never changed the message. Amen? So then from where we went to stirred and not shaken. Remember that? Stirred and not shaken. Let's go back to Hebrews 12. And we're going to get really fired up here in a minute. Hebrews 12, beginning in verse 26, the last part. But now he has promised, saying, Yet once more I shake not the earth only, but also heaven. Now this, yet once more, indicates the removal of those things that are being shaken, as the things that are made, that the things which cannot be shaken may remain. Verse 28, Since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken. We are receiving, I want you to hang on to this, we are receiving a kingdom. We are part of a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Everything is being shaken right now. We're, this, this is part of the shaken. I'm telling you, my brothers and sisters, He is separating the contenders from the pretenders right now. If you are a truly born-again Christian, man, it's okay. You're going to sl- You know what? If, you, if something crosses your mind and, and you, man, w- what should I do during this time? And, you know, that doesn't mean, oh, maybe I'm not a Christian. Maybe I'm not saved. No. If you have some things cross your mind, but you don't act on them, if you have some things cross your mind, my brothers and sisters, you know, don't let the enemy of your soul bring guilt upon you. Don't let the enemy of your soul bring some burdens upon you that you're not even meant to bear. You know why? Jesus already bore them. Jesus already bore them. All you've got to do is take into captivity that thought, that imagination, that bad thing, that, oh, this is bad, this is going to happen. No, don't let that go ahead and rule the day. You take control over it. Don't let it take control over you. Hallelujah. Glory to His name. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably and with reverence and godly fear for our God is a consuming fire. He's burning away the garbage right now, my brothers and sisters. 
And now remember, we talked about you know standing firm. We're standing. We're 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 we're, we're being stirred, but not shaken, because the shaking is going to happen, and that shaking is meant to wipe away. And remember the example we use: Jesus talking about you know the the the, the parable about that one who built his house on the firm foundation versus the one who built on the sand when the storms came. I said when the storm came because that's what he said. He said when the storm came or when the storm comes because you know why when? Because it's not a question of if. It's coming. Some of us are in the middle of some pretty bad storms right now. So you can testify, amen, it came. But I'm still standing. How about you? You're still standing. The feet are planted firmly upon that rock, that firm foundation. Now listen, it's not, oh, I love Jesus, it's Jesus. No, it's got to be the Jesus who is the deity. It's got to be the Jesus who is the the miracle worker. It's got to be the Jesus, not some guy that had some love and and he was a philosopher and he said some good things and he was nice and kind to everybody, but you know, that supernatural stuff. Uh Uh-uh, he was God in flesh. He performed signs and wonders and that body came out of the grave. Not a figment, not a little spirit. No, that body came out of the grave. See, that's where my feet are planted. So I can listen, so I can go ahead and be totally confident that whatever is meant to shake right now, it's not taking me nowhere. Why? Because I'm worshiping. Worshiping, my feet are planted firmly on a body that was totally tortured, totally dead, and came out of a tomb alive. Hallelujah. I've got hope. I can stand firm. So then last week we were in building spiritual muscles. Remember that? Okay, so watch. Here we go in 2 Peter 1, beginning in verse 5. But also for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge, to knowledge self-control, to self-control perseverance, to perseverance godliness, to godliness brotherly love, and to brotherly kindness love. For if these things are yours and abound, you will neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of your Lord Jesus Christ. My brothers and sisters, listen, remember I gave you that out of the... um, Amplified because in the amplified it brings out something. So when it's when it's saying giving all diligence, it's saying when you're exercising, exercising, when you're exercising your faith, you're going to add something else. Virtue to virtue, what knowledge? So when you're exercising these things, you get the next thing. But you got to exercise the first thing. See, there's this there's this building up, if you will. We got to be exercising. We can't be sitting down and being all lazy. We can't be sitting in our houses now and thinking, you know, once church gets back in and we're fully going again, I kind of like this sitting at home business. Maybe I could just sit back in my lazy boy, remember, and be a lazy boy and go ahead and let God fill me and then I'm going to go ahead and live my life and blah, blah, blah. And let... No. Exercise. You got to exercise faith. You got to exercise virtue. You got to exercise self control. You got to exercise. All these things have to be exercised. They have to be put to work in your life. Hallelujah. That's building spiritual muscle. But look what he says in verse 9, and here's where we're going to take it off today. For in verse 9, he says, For, for he who lacks these things is short sighted even to blindness and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. That's important. I, I was cleansed from my old sins. Not so that I got, okay, the slate is clean, I could fill it up again. No, I was cleansed from my old sins, so I'm no longer a slave to those things. He was able to wipe that out, and when he wiped that out, he also wiped out my, listen, my servant to those things, my, 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 my subjugation to those things. How about that? I no longer serve sin. He wiped me clean. And so now I'm clean. Not to get dirty again, but to stay clean because he's freed me. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
Verse 10, Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure. See, there's that diligence. So, so now be exercising. Make sure you're doing something to make your call and election sure. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. For, an, as, for so an entrance will be supplied to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So now look, this kingdom is not just some idea. Some, it's, we know that it's not in meat and jeep meat and drink, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. It's spiritual. It's a spiritual kingdom, but it's an eternal kingdom. It's not just something that's temporal. It's not just something that we call upon, my brothers and sisters, when we're in the time of need, when things aren't going right, when we don't feel so good, or we need something. Uh, I need something to get me by this. This is something I can't, you know, Pastor Tony can't help me, Miss Michelle can't help me, uh, my mother, daddy, sister, they can't. I, I gotta go to God. No, yes, should you go to God? Absolutely, every time. First. 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 But the kingdom of God is just not that. The kingdom of God is eternal. It's in you. It's in you. It's everlasting. We're going to go to Matthew 13 now. Matthew 13, beginning in verse 44. This is Jesus speaking. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and hid. And for joy over it, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Verse 45. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking beautiful pearls, who when he had found one pearl of a great price, he went and sold all that he had and bought it. Do you think that in these two scriptures that we're given an idea as it relates to how valuable the kingdom of heaven is? Think about this. So let, let's just take it apart just a moment here. The, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in the field which a man found and hid for joy over it. He goes and sells all that he has. So look, I, when, when, when this is ministering to me, I'm just going to give you the Tony rendering here. So, you know, maybe I'm not looking specifically for the kingdom of God as presented by Jesus Christ. What is the kingdom? The, the king, I just want to, I want to say this because I don't want anybody confused or anything, okay? So when I'm talking about the kingdom, we're talking about the gospel and everything that it entails. Why? Jesus said he's preaching the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is at hand. So when the gospel is preached, it's preached so that the kingdom of God now is available to all of us. Does everybody understand that? I don't want anybody to, to be lacking or to think that, you know, the kingdom of God, I'm just, you know, I'm just, there's a throne and there's a city and, you know, we all go. No, it, this kingdom of God has everything to do with all that we have in Christ. The thing that we are now, listen, we are now no longer under subjugations of the prince and the power of the air. We are now, we don't any longer have to be under subjugation of our own flesh. Now we are subjects. We are servants of the Most High King. This kingdom that's invisible, but it's in you. This kingdom that is everlasting. This kingdom that provides you with everything that you think, want, or need, or desire. Your happiness, your joy, everything that you want, everything that fulfills you is in this kingdom. And this kingdom is in you. Okay, so before I go any further, I wanted to make sure that we understood this. So now watch. I'm not looking for this specific gospel of the kingdom in Jesus Christ. I'm just knowing that there's something in this life. I'm going to give you my own testimony. My own testimony here is this. I was not really looking for Jesus. I just was at a point in my life where I had to make some decisions because I just knew there had to be more than what I was doing. 
I had to, I, well, just going to school and trying to, you know, get me, you know, graduate school and then maybe join the service, or join the military, or, you know, maybe study so that maybe someday I can have a good job, make a living, maybe have a family and all of this stuff. I wasn't really looking for Jesus. But then somebody invited me to church and I heard a word. So something, listen, so something that was hidden, I stumbled upon. Now, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that it happened exactly like that. The moment I heard that word, I was looking and I gave everything up. And I, No, my, my experience wasn't like that. But the first part I want to relate to you because some of us may be listening under the sound of my voice. You're not born again yet. Maybe you're dabbling with the thought or the idea of serving Jesus or you're, you're, you're just now kind of curious about this Jesus you see because, you know, this, uh, this pandemic and there's other circumstances and issues in your life and you, you're tired of being sick and tired. You're tired of being stuck in the mud. You want to advance your life and you don't know which direction to go. Here, I'm telling you the direction. Follow Jesus. Follow Jesus. My brothers and sisters, it's easy for someone like me to say because when I was lost and I didn't know really what I was looking for, I found it. And so that's what this is. And then there became a certain point in my life where I said, okay, that has got to be the most important thing to me. Are you with me? So now look at what Jesus is saying. When this man found this and he saw how, how, and he was joyful about it and what a treasure this was, he sold everything he had so that he could buy the land that this was hidden on. So that he could have it. Was willing to sell everything. Was willing to give up everything. Okay? Now in verse 45, it's different. The kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking beautiful pearls. He knows what he's seeking. This person is truly trying to find the Savior. He's truly trying to find the, the kingdom of heaven, so to speak. He's truly trying to find this thing. And maybe he's dabbled with some other philosophies. He's got, some, he's got all the books of this day. He's reading up everybody's philosophy. I'm going to read up this one, Aristotle. I'm going to read this. I'm going to read that. I'm going to read the other thing. I'm I'm going to listen to this one, um, to that one. And then I'm going to intellectually try to decipher all of this. And then I'm going to base my life upon some of these fantastic human beings who have such a high degree of intellect. But then he stumbles on the kingdom of God. He stumbles on the kingdom of heaven. And then he's willing to... Give up all of those other thoughts, ideas, all of those other things that he thought were so valuable to him. He gives them all up so he can have this one. I'm not going by someone else's philosophy. I'm not going by someone else's mind or their wisdom or their understanding of life. I'm not looking to scientists to answer all questions for me. Jesus is the answer to all my questions. I don't need to look for somebody else, so I am able to sell all of that stuff, give all of that up, and follow Jesus. Amen? Because why? He is the embodiment of the kingdom of heaven. Follow Jesus. So now, let me ask you all something. We've got to ask ourselves something. In this present time, where we, wherever we are, and I'm not pointing any fingers because I'm, I'm going to point to myself. How, what value do I put on the kingdom? What, what value do I put on the kingdom? Is that the most important thing to me? Since, since we've been in this pandemic or since we've been kind of in this time out, this lockdown or whatever it is that you want to call it, this quarantine, let me ask you all something. Just, I'm not, don't answer out loud, even if it's a positive. Don't give me the answer you think I want to hear, just because God knows the truth, so don't even say it. (laughs) Just go ahead and think. 
Just think. Since we've been in this lockdown, have you used it to spend more time reading the Word of God? I said not the answer. <laughs> I don't <listen> either. <laughs> Hallelujah, brother. <laughs> Hallelujah. That's my brother Caesar. I love him. Hey, listen. I want to tell you though. Listen, listen, listen. But think about this. Have we used it for more time to read? And I know somebody has. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Right? Have we prayed more? No, no, no. I mean, I mean not, I'm not talking about, you know, well, I'm eating more, so I'm praying more. Because that's the only time we pray is when we eat. So I had to explain that because, right? I'm, I'm eating more, so I'm praying more, Pastor. Yeah, I could have raised my hand. That's, no, are we praying more? Are we getting down? Are we spending more time with God, are we getting a hold of God? Are we spending more time working, getting into His presence and inviting Him in? Are we more sensitive, my brothers and sisters, to abiding in, in, in Him? Are we really trying to get into His presence to hear from Him, to pray? And sometimes, listen, just read our Bible and, and meditate on the Word and then invite God to, 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 to teach us, to walk us through what we're reading. Have we ever just stayed quiet before the Lord? I'll guarantee you, I can probably, there are some of you in here and some of you, definitely some of you who are listening under the sound of my voice, you can tell me about all of some of this Netflix binge-watching you've been doing. I'm not, listen, I'm not condemning anybody. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Now for those of you who aren't in Christ Jesus, get ready for some condemnation. There will be some conviction for those of us who are in Christ, but there's going to be some condemnation for those of you who are not. My brothers and sisters, but you know what I'm saying. I'm not trying to be funny, but let's really think about it. Let's put ourselves in this situation with the Word of God. What are we doing during this time out? What are we actually doing? Are we watching more TV? Are we fighting with our siblings a little bit more? Are the kids stressing us out a little more? That should be driving you to prayer right there. I'm just, I'm just saying. God, <laughs> Hallelujah. I got a lot of giggling and pointing and everything else going on. So I must, that, that's, that's good preaching when it hits like that. I'm just saying. But, but so, so now listen. listen. Go back. How do we, what do we value? How do we value the kingdom of heaven? Right? Now, I could go back to Proverbs to you and read about how valuable wisdom is, and Jesus is the embodiment of wisdom. Jesus is wisdom in a body. I mean, I I could go ahead and do that, but my brothers and sisters, we don't need to, because I know that you know what 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 I'm talking about. I really want you to, but I want to make sure that this lands on us. What are we doing with this extra time that we have? Some of us are busier. Some of us are busier, and I understand that. When you do have children... A lot more children. When you do have, I, I understand, especially when you're trying to homeschool kids, you're trying to go to work yourself, you're trying to do some things. My brothers and sisters, yeah, it's, it's, some of us are busy. But my brothers and sisters, what we have to really and truly focus on like a laser beam, seek ye first the kingdom of God, His righteousness. That's it. I'm going to dive into Luke here real quick, but uh, again, just to kind of, uh, give you a little bit of illustration of what we're talking about. So it's going to be Luke 9. I don't think there'll be anything on the screen. You don't need to turn there if you don't. But please just take notes. Luke 9, beginning in verse 57. Now it happened as they journeyed, this was Jesus and his disciples, on the road that someone said to him, Lord, I will follow you wherever you go. Did I? Hallelujah, did do it. Hallelujah. And Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. 
so, so, okay. Now, if you read Matthew, Matthew will tell you this is somebody that was involved already that had a position in the church. And he's saying, you know, I'll follow you. I'll follow you wherever you go. Okay, if you're going to follow me, understand that it's not going to be cushy like what you're experiencing right now. Understand that when you follow me, there's some hardship. There's some, there's some, there's some nights where you don't know where you're sleeping. We're going to be totally dependent on who our Father puts in our path. And sometimes we're just going to be sleeping outside. Sometimes our pillow will be a rock. Or, some, or most of the time, our pillow is just going to be our arm. Come on now, you, you hear me? So now look, we say, okay, if you're going to follow me wherever I go, you better be ready. Because if you follow me, it's not going to be, a, it's not going to be cushy. It's not going to be comfortable. Verse 59, then he said to another, Jesus calls somebody else, follow me. Now, Jesus is calling somebody else, follow me. But he said, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and preach the kingdom of God. See, that sounds pretty harsh, doesn't it? But it's not. Jesus is not saying, dishonor your father. He's not saying, dishonor your family. Just like when he says, whoever uh, prefers me, if you're following me, you better hate your father, your mother. He's not saying literally you hate them. He's saying that you've got to be willing to follow me. The love, listen, the devotion that you have toward me needs to look like that. So he's saying this. Look, he's not saying dishonor your father, disrespect your family. He's saying, look, the call is now. The call is now. I need you to follow me now. Let those people who are, who are spiritually dead, let them bury the physically dead right now, but we need to go and preach life. Come on now. See, my brothers and sisters, I, I just, I, I, I got I to gotta say this. Remember last week when Brian, Blind Bartimaeus was one of, our, uh, one of our illustrations, right? Remember, Jesus called. He sent people, call, call him. He's calling out to Jesus. He's calling out to Jesus. Remember that? He's calling out to Jesus. And then everybody's telling him, hush, hush, be still, be still. But then all of a sudden, Jesus says, bring him to me. So now, bring him to me. What, remember, what did he do the first thing he did? Threw his cloak. He took off his cloak. He threw it down and he went, baby. He threw that off. He did not want to be encumbered on his way to Jesus. Well, you could say, well, pastor, that's good. Because he really thought that he was going to receive his sight. I don't care. It doesn't matter. He did what we should all do when Jesus calls us. Leave everything behind and go forward. I don't know about you. I don't know about you. There is nothing in my past life, there's nothing in this current life that compares to Jesus. Because I know that everything that I have here and now, or everything that I'm able to have, anything that He blesses me with here, is temporal. It's going away. Let me ask you all something. Have you, ever no- have you noticed how many businesses that they're talking about will never open again? A lot of mom and pop businesses. It's a shame. It's a shame. People that have worked for their whole lives, they build up a business, and now because of this, because the government says you're closed, done. How fast did that happen? Let me ask you this. I'm not, I'm not a big stock market guy, but look, there's a lot of... And I'm not giving anybody advice, so don't write to me. Don't send me any emails. I'm not going to pay attention to them. I'm not giving any advice on, on marketing and blah, blah. Mark, let's, ah, I hate it when people... No, I'm not saying nothing. Listen, here's what I'm saying though. How many times have we seen where the stock market dropped like a rock? In 08, so many people took it on the chin. People lost their, their savings, their retirement accounts. They, boom, just like that. 
just like that. I'm not saying that that's an excuse not to save for retirement or anything. I'm not saying anything like that. But what I'm saying to you is everything that we value so highly in this world could disappear just like that. Look at how many months that we went and the economy was booming. The best economy in 50 years. People are working. There's, there's so many jobs. There's not enough people to fill the jobs. I've had to raise pay, people's pay because we're competing. That's a great thing when you're raising people's pay because that's it. It's supply and demand. I've got to pay more for laborers because I need laborers. If the guy's down the street is paying more, I've got to pay more if I want them. This is not, this is not brain surgery, y'all. But the economy was so great and there were so many jobs, there weren't, weren't enough. Just like that. The unemployment rate right now is, is uh, of the Great Depression. Just like that. Oh, man, you're a doom and gloom guy. I ain't a doom and gloom guy. It ain't going to touch me, and it's not going to touch you. Well, you don't know, I lost this. I lost. Listen, anything that you lose in this world is worth everything because you're going to gain everything that you have in the kingdom of God. You'll gain this plus. What did Jesus say? Anybody who gives up things in this life, they'll get a hundredfold in the kingdom. My brothers and sisters, this is not, this is not hard. This is not really uh, brain surgery. You don't have to be uh, you know, a mathematician, a, a, a physicist to figure this stuff out. He says it so plainly to us. So now you have this guy, let let the dead bury their dead. Then you have the next guy in verse 61. Another said, Lord, I will follow you, but let me first go and bid them farewell who are at my house. Jesus said to them, no one having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. See, all this sounds pretty harsh. So now look, he's speaking in farming terms as that's how they understood. So watch. So get the picture now. It's, it's not a big combine, not one of these big, you know, multi-million dollar John Deere outfits where you're just riding this. It's almost running on GPS right now anyway. No, this is the old time. You've got uh, an ox pulling the plow, and you've got to keep that plow on course. You've got to keep that ox on course. The only way you can keep that plow and that ox on course is you've got to be looking. You can't be looking back. When you look back, that thing's getting off course. Something bad's going to happen. My brothers and sisters, that's what Jesus is saying. Look, if you're so attached to what's going on with your family, with your job, with anything else. Now listen to me, hear me. I am not saying that we shouldn't be concerned with those things. Not at all. In fact, in Christ Jesus, it tells me that I should work every day to my employer like I'm working unto the Lord. In fact, it tells me as a husband, as a father, it tells me how important that I should be willing to lay down my life for my wife because Christ laid down His life for the church. It tells me that I should not provoke my kids. It tells me everything about... This Word tells me how I should care for my family. The first and foremost thing that I should do to care for my family is be a Christ follower and not tell them how important this life is in comparison to the next. Hallelujah! See, I should have got an amen out of that one. I'm telling you something, my brothers and sisters. It's incumbent upon us older, us Mordecais. Us Mordecais got to make sure that these Esthers understand you're called for such a time as this. There are some teenagers in this that are hearing my voice over the internet and there's some teenagers in this room and some just preteens in it. I'm telling you young people, hear this man of God right now because this is of the Lord. Take it down. Write it down. I'm telling you, Esther's man, you are called for such a time as this. You are called for such a time as this. Be His representative. Be His servant. Be a servant of the kingdom of God. You are called for such a time as this. Hallelujah. Are your feet planted? 
Are the things of this world more important to you that maybe somebody doesn't know that you really are a born-again Christian? My brothers and sisters, I'm not preaching condemnation. I'm saying, we need, to, we need to look. We need to see. I don't want to be one of these guys. I don't want to be looking back. You know, when I read that, we have a perfect illustration. Now, some people say, well, that was just a story, Pastor, just to prove a point. Baloney. I'm telling you, when the angels got Lot and his family out of Sodom and Gomorrah, when he did that, right? He had to literally send and tear them out. My brothers and sisters, I, I look at that as the rapture of the church. I'm not saying that's just like the rapture of the church. I'm saying for me, when I see that, I'm seeing the rapture of the church. God is going to break forth. Read Thessalonians 4.16. For the Lord Himself shall descend from the heavens with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and the trumpet of God. Dead in Christ will rise first. And you know the rest. I'm going to meet Him in the air. But my brothers and sisters, if I got my hands on the plow and I'm looking back, see, when I see Lot's wife looking back, See, she's saying there's some attachments back there. There's something that back there that I really prefer more than escaping the wrath of God. I, I, there's really something back there that I'm really more attached to than I should be, and that's going to separate me. That's keeping me from receiving my full... Um, uh, give me a word, Lord. Deliverance. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to get my full deliverance. I can't be fully delivered. Why am I looking back? I'm too, I'm too concerned with what's going on. I'm too attached to that stuff back there. And so for our younger folks, and maybe for our folks that, that you, you have this goal, you want to do this, you want to have that, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. But do it in relationship, in relation to your, uh, with God. Make sure you're consulting God. Make sure you're praying unto God. Make sure you're serving God. Serve God first, and God will make those things happen. It says very clearly in the psalm, delight yourself in the Lord. He'll give you the desires of your heart. That's true. So, so seek God. Delight yourself in the Lord. He'll give you the desires of your heart. But we have all of these distractions and disappointments. And my brothers and sisters, I, did I forget? I forgot my notepad. Anyway, that's okay. There was some, this morning, when I was with... Michelle and I was telling her about this. Yeah, we started talking about distractions and disappointments. So think about it. So, so many of the times that we think we're, our, our feet are firmly planted and, and we're following after God, but, you know, something happens. We have, uh, we have a sickness or a disease. And, and, and something shakes us. You know, if, 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 it's, if what Pastor Tony says is true, then, then why do I have this sickness or disease? Maybe because you need to cry out to him. Maybe you need to seek Him like you've never sought Him before. Maybe, maybe you, need to, you need to get on your face and you need to say, God, reveal it to me. God, speak to me. God, maybe you haven't, maybe you thought you were in that quiet place. You got into that shadow, but it was a comfortable place. Maybe you got comfortable a little bit in that place. Maybe you weren't staying shaken or stirred enough. And I'm not saying that God is punishing you. What I'm saying is something happened and now God is going to allow this to to be that thing that gets you back in there, gets you back on your knees and you start seeking Him, not in a place of comfort. And thank you, God, everything's on you. Oh, pray for Him, pray for her. No, God, I love you. I know you love me. God, this thing, whatever it is, I don't want any part of it. But I want your will to be done in my life, Lord. Lord, Right? Or maybe it's this, maybe it's someone else you're praying for. You're, maybe, maybe there was, I know we've had a couple of deaths in the family not too long ago. And it, you know, and it hurts when, when a loved one dies. 
And inevitably, I, I get these questions. You know, how come good people get diseases and all this other stuff? Well, I just told you part of it. But here's, here's the other thing. There are many good people that get diseases and God doesn't allow them to be healed. But you know what he does do? He carries them up to heaven so that they can be healed for eternity and they're no longer suffering. So isn't it selfish or isn't it very narrow-minded on my part to think that if God really loved them, he would have let them be healed rather than take them with him? Come on now. I told my peep I told my peeps, don't yeah, if there's ever gotta be a machine to keep me alive, you better pull the plug. Say goodbye to Pop Pop. He's going to be with Jesus. I don't want it. don't keep me here artificially. Say goodbye to Pop Pop. That's it. And then y'all can fight over the truck. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> Hallelujah. But you see, we have these disappointments and these distractions. It shakes us. It makes us think. Right? Come on now. But, but it distracts us from what, Tony? What are you talking about? Well, now I'm no longer following him because I thought I was on this path and everything was supposed to be hunky-dory and everything was supposed to be good. And, and, and No, he never said that. He never said that when you get on this path and follow me, everything's going to be hunky-dory, everything's going to be good. But what he said was, you're going to inherit a kingdom that can't be shaken. What he said was, when you're living in this world that's full of corruption, when you're living in this world that's full of lust, when you're living in this world where the prince and the power of the air has everything he's trying to do, everything he can to keep you distracted, to keep you from going to heaven, that, that one, when you're living in this world, those things are going to come at you like a freight train. But here's what he says. If you follow me, those things won't take you out. They can't take you out. Well, Tony, you just said some good people die. And they go to heaven. See, whatever happens, my brothers and sisters, whether I die right now or whether I die 20 years from now, the story's not over. The story's not over. I still have a destination, you see. I still have a, I have, I have a destiny. I have a future. And it's not all down here. Thank God, it's just a little whisker. It's just a little drip down here. Eternity is with Him. Hallelujah. But so everything that happens is, is, is trying to get me to get off from following Him so that I go down this different path which leads to my destruction or keeps me from being joyful. It steals my joy. Maybe I don't, you know, I'm still going to heaven, but while I'm down here because I'm looking at all these distractions, you know, I'm, I'm getting pulled away. I'm getting pulled in this way, pulled in that way. My brothers and sisters, no, 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 no. Man, if you want to experience the joy, yeah, you're going to experience some of these bad things, but Jesus in the middle of those bad things is going to give you joy, peace. Come on now. That's what we have in Him. That's what the kingdom of God is. Because we know that whatever we suffer down here, it's temporary, and right in the middle of it, it's designed to make me stronger. I'm going from that. I'm, I'm, I'm exercising. I'm exercising. I'm exercising. I'm getting stronger. Why? He put me through this and now I'm at a different level, you see. See, that thing that the enemy, that thing that my own flesh thought was going to destroy me, I can't take it anymore. I can't. Oh my. No, that thing, that right there, that thing prepared me for the next thing. Hallelujah. And he carried me through it. He didn't just leave me there and let's say, see how you do. He carried me through. How did he carry me through? Because I was praying. Because I was reading. Because I had you praying with me, praying for me. That's why we need to gather together. That's why we need to come together. That's why Internet Church is, is not where we should be, unless we absolutely have to be. 
That's why we need to gather together. Come on. Hallelujah. Man, I'm just still fired up. Hallelujah. We have these disappointments. A lot of our disappointments are based on what are our expectations. See? See, when I was a kid, I wanted to play football so bad. And I had the internal, I had the intestinal fortitude. That was ugly. That was just ugly. Said height. Oh. Now watch. There's a there's a sermon in there. I heard height. Why? Because that was the problem. That's the disappointment. The mind and the heart wanted to do it, but the body said no. God had a different plan. But, but see, my brother said, that's funny and that's humorous and I, and I appreciate it, but you don't know how bad I wanted that. I wanted that so bad. And, and I, I, man, if it wasn't for that, I wouldn't have stayed in school. I've stayed in school to play. But my brothers and sisters, you know, that didn't happen. So, yeah, there's a disappointment. So then we've got to move on. Okay? So many of us have had disappointments, multiple disappointments in our life. And I'm going to speak to the young people right now. Listen, you're going to have some disappointments. But, but listen, God loves you. And those things came to pass if you let them. Don't let those disappointments turn you into something that God hasn't intended for you to be. And listen, don't let those disappointments be based on you had this expectation. Oh, but I love him. He's so dreamy. Ah, he don't want nothing to do with you. Ah, world destroyed. Hey, it's not just a female thing. Male, male thing too. Man, she's the one. She's the... No. How do you know? And then she's gone. And your whole life is destroyed. You turned upside down. You've got to listen to Neil Sedaka. No, that's old. You've got to listen to... You know, come on now. And it destroys you. It rocks your world. So you're disappointed. Now listen, I know that sounds just a little bit silly. So let me talk... Let me speak something just a little bit higher now. Because that was for the young people. You know, my mother doesn't let me do what I want to do. My father is all that. They won't let me wear what I want to wear. They only let me wear, you know, three coats of makeup and I want to wear five. I mean, it's whatever the case may be. And though that sounds silly, I mean, that's some of the battles that we fight as parents trying to raise Christian young ladies. Man, my, my mother won't let me wear shorts that are cut up to my butt cheek. And my, you know, come on now. It's, it's, I'm telling you, I'm talking real right now because this is part of what we have to deal with. So now the young people, they want to fit in. They, so now all of a sudden, they're disappointed. They're sneaking. They're doing things. So it's not walking that path. We're trying to help. We're trying to teach them. But they don't see it that way. Remember when you were a kid and you didn't think your parents knew anything. That's how they feel about you. So my brothers and sisters, here's the thing. We, but, but we can't let that go ahead and form who they're going to be in Christ. We've got to go ahead and stay firm. Love people. Love them. Stay with them. Be a consistent role model. Be a consistent Christian. Let them follow you as you're following Christ. But I will tell you this. If you're not following Christ, lots of luck with that. See, because you can't tell your kids, don't do this. You know, really, it would be better if you didn't do this. When they turn around and they see you doing some things that you shouldn't be doing. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Where did that come from? That's not in the notes. My brothers and sisters, but here's the problem. So we're setting ourselves up for disappointments by expectations. I mean, I, 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 so many people have come through. I think about this. Uh, Hannah, which Michelle pointed, reminded me of this morning. Hannah, in first Samuel, Samuel's mother, she was so upset because the, the, her husband's other wife was having children and she, she was barren and she couldn't have children. And she went to God. And she said, God, I, I want to dedicate him to you. 
And it happened. And she also, Michelle did, and it was a great illustration. She reminded me, you ever see that movie Facing the Giants? Well, if you didn't, the football coach's wife, he's a Christian, and she can't have children. And she, it breaks her heart. Every time she thinks she might be pregnant, she goes for the pregnancy test, and every time she gets to the, it's it breaks her heart. But here's the thing. They're going through this process, and, and through the process of this movie, they're getting closer to God. And the hus- I think it was the husband that said, listen, if God doesn't give you this baby, will you still serve him? Will you still follow him? See, my brothers and sisters, that's where we need to think about this. Am I following God for God? Is God first in my life because he's first in my life? Or am I following him because I want to go ahead and have some good things happen in my life? Or I'm only going to chase him when something bad is happening and then I'm going to pray like crazy to him for that thing. See, we got to be like Job. Job, remember that? In the middle of all of that stuff, in the middle of losing his family, in the middle of losing everything, and even his own body was under attack physically, in the middle of all of that, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Wow. Well, quiet. Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. I am so convinced that Jesus Christ is coming soon. I am so convinced, my brothers and sisters, that, that I hope that when, if in my time of testing, in my time of deep trouble, that I can have that attitude because that's exactly the attitude that I want to have. Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. There is no one else I could trust. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He's the sure thing. I'm only, listen my brother, I am only, only trying to say uh, what my human expectation, what, what I think is good, what I think is right. What about all of the things that I accumulate? They're all temporary. And we're seeing in the here and now how quickly it could, it, it could just disappear. How quickly. Man, that's why we need to be sowing into the kingdom. We need to be following Jesus. Here's one more thing and then we'll cut it. Remember, when we were talking about following Jesus in the second part of that ministry, we looked at Peter. Remember Peter. He, he, he was the one who was boisterous. He was always the one that was standing up. I'm going to, you know, no one's going to, you're not, I'm not going to let anybody take you. And he was always the one to speak up. He was always the one that was in front of everybody. And, and Jesus said to him, you're going to deny me three times before the rooster crows, right? Remember that? Nope. Even though everybody else uh, abandoned you, I will never abandon you. And remember what happened. He, he did it. He did it. And so you remember what's before that, what it says in that word. In John 20, it says he was following Jesus. As Jesus was arrested and being taken, he was following him at a distance. So I'm not going to re-preach that message, but you know what that's saying. He's following him at a distance. And so then when the pressure came, he denied him. Why? Because he's not following closely. He's following at a distance. Let's see what happens. No. You've got to be on him. You've got to be with him. You've got to be tight, yoked up with him. And then when the pressure comes, you've got somebody fighting with you. Hallelujah. And so here's the other thing. So now remember, Jesus appears to them after that happens, and Jesus restores him. Remember, that's where we were in John 21, where he says, Peter, do you love me more than these? Well, Lord, you know, remember that process? He asked him three times, right? Remember that? So now remember, now Jesus restores him. Now we're going to go to uh, verse 20. I think part of it will be up there, part of it won't. And we're going to end here. In verse 20 of uh, chapter 21 of John. 
Peter, turning around, saw the disciple whom Jesus loved following, whom also had leaned on his breast at the supper table, and said, Lord, who is it the one that betrays you? Peter, seeing him, said to Jesus, but Lord, what about this man? Okay, let me pause here. Remember, now John never uses his own name. So John right now, it was the gospel that Holy Spirit uh, encouraged him to write, inspired him to write. So in his gospel right now, he's telling you who it was that was following them, who, who Peter turned around, but he's not using his own name. He's saying the disciple who Jesus loved, the disciple that leaned into Jesus' chest and asked who would be, that was, that was John. So that's how we know it's John. So John is, John, so now remember this situation here. Follow me just a little bit. Remember the situation. Peter has just been restored. He denied him, and now Jesus says to him, you love me? Yeah, feed my lambs. You love me? Yeah, feed my sheep. You love me? Tend to my sheep, right? And Okay, so now they're walking after that discourse. Peter notices, I'm just guessing out of the corner of his eye, John is walking along with him. So what is the first thing he says after he's been restored, walking with the Savior? He sees another disciple and says, what about him? What about him? So look at, I I love Jesus' response. Jesus said to him, if I will that he remain till I come, what is that to you? You follow me. You follow me. Then this saying, well, I won't even, we don't even go to the rest of it. See, some people now surmise that John uh, never died. They thought that this was Jesus saying that John was going to remain on earth until he came back for the uh, rapture. And that's not so. So anyway, my brothers, do you see that though? Here's, Here's why I put that... So, so much of, we're walking with God, but then we're looking at what's going on with other people. I'm going to preach over here because I don't want (laughs) to... No, but you understand? So, we're looking at what's going on with other people. And so now, if ours isn't matching theirs, something's wrong. Or, theirs isn't matching mine, something's wrong with them. Are you with me? Think about this. So what, what has everything to do with pride and ego? Yes. Spiritual pride, ego. My brothers and sisters, we need to be devoid of that. The, here's what the Bible tells us. Jesus emptied himself. Jesus had glory in heaven that he went ahead and willingly gave up to come down here and be like us. Come on now. Oh, man. See, so Jesus humbled himself. He let people... He could have at any time stopped any of it. But he didn't. He humbled himself. So who am I to look at somebody else and say, well, I'm better than them, or, you know, they're doing it. I, they're getting this. I should get it. Or conversely. Because here's more my thing. Hush. Here's more my thing. I must be doing something wrong. I'm looking at other things going on. I'm thinking, I must be doing something wrong. Because if I was going the right way, my blessing would look more like that. It's a little quiet. A little quiet. Maybe my blessing isn't supposed to look like that. Maybe if I was blessed like that, it would lead me down the wrong path. Come on now. Maybe the problem is I'm looking for that kind of blessing. So you all are shaking your head because you think I'm talking about me. <laughs> what about you? Come on now. Maybe, maybe I got my eye on that blessing and that's what's keeping me on this path that I think that I'm on. But I'm really... Come on now. 
I'm really not following Jesus. I'm following the blessing. Come on now. My brothers and sisters, look it. Here, here's, let's, let's end here. Let's end here. We have all the promises of God are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. We have, when we're abiding under the shadow of the Almighty, we have all the protection where we're going to need. We, are, we may not dodge every bullet. You know, there may be some things that happen to us in this life, but listen, don't think, and even, the, even Peter, the Holy Spirit through Peter says, you know, don't think, don't be surprised when these things happen to you. Don't be surprised. But just remember, just remember that you're not going through it alone. And, these, and whatever happens, that's not the end of the story. I read the back of the book, y'all. I read the back of the book. We win! We win! And you know how I know it? You know how I know it? Not just because I read the back of the book, but he already won. Amen? Stand with me, please. So I am so blessed. I got to speak in the middle of a room through filled with winners. I've got to speak in the middle of a room with people who are victorious. I know that there's some of you in this room right now who are hurting, some of you who are maybe you know, uncomfortable, or maybe you're not in the best place that you've ever been in your life with Christ or period. But I'm here to tell you that you're not here in this room on accident, nor are you listening by accident. If you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, if you, or if you prayed a prayer and you're not sure, if you're not sure... We're going to pray a prayer after I dismiss these folks. We're going to pray a prayer. And I wish, if you're listening, that you would pray it with me. But for now, let me just say to all of these folks who are born again, I want to ask you one more time. How valuable is the kingdom to you? Let's live like it's valuable. Amen? So God, our Father in heaven, we love you this morning. And I know that there are people in this room and there are people listening over the internet right now who all, just without any shadow of any doubt, Lord, they value you, your kingdom, everything about you, our eternal home above everything. Lord, help us to live according to that. Lord, we need help. We're weak. Father, we're hearing bad news all the time and, and you know, we're even being told, we're even being called names by people in power because we want to work and because we want to get out there and have fellowship and we're being told how wrong we are. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray that no f- weapon formed against your church is going to prosper. But I pray, Lord, that we know that's going to happen, but I pray that each of us as individuals would get that down on the inside of us. And the rest of this week, because of your word, Father, we would live it. Father, that we would be looking to you, the author and the finisher. That we would seek you first. And everything else would be taken care of. We put our faith and our trust in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.